Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name's Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. On today's episode, I want to welcome Yuri Rossell. Yuri is a resilience expert and author of Executive Resilience, a book that delves into the neuroscience of cultural resilience. He's also the founder of Driven, an integrated AI-powered resilience program that's used by hundreds of organizations worldwide, combining workshops, peer training, certifications, and technology to create a culture of resilience. He developed high adversity training used in defense and emergency response and has published multiple research papers on the neuroscience of resilience, resilience assessment, and new analytic frameworks to better understand the deeper functioning and value of resilience. I, I felt like I'm not doing enough talking to him because he really is setting the, the bar for everyone, but he's doing amazing work. I loved the conversation because so much of it was underpinned by practicality and science and, and tools that can actually help people in a sustainable way to create preventative behavior. So I'm sure you'll all take a lot out of this episode. And thank you again for listening. I really hope you enjoy. Yuri, thank you so much for coming on the Move Your Mind podcast. We just had a chat on Clubhouse. I'm learning continually about all the amazing work you're doing. As I said before, I feel like I need to up my game talking to you because you've done and are doing so much, but it really is amazing work. So first of all, I just want to say, you know, thank you for having this conversation because I know it's going to help a lot of people. Yeah, and it's fantastic to be here. And uh, it's uh, good to get on Clubhouse finally after I've been hearing about it for a long time. So it's so thanks for the opportunity there to actually get on board and try it out. <laughs> yep, exactly. We we made it work. You know, we didn't have any tech, technology glitches. We're we're doing all of these recordings between New York and Sydney. Uh-huh. It seems to be working so far. Maybe t- touch wood. I'm touching my yeah. wooden desk here to make yeah. sure this this goes smoothly as well. This is the <laughs> yeah. day when technology just works. <laughs> uh, brilliant, brilliant. Well, I'll take it. Uh, so before we get into it. Uh, are you able to give us a background on yourself, what you went through, how you got to where you are now, mm. and, and, and you know what you're currently doing? Yeah, sure, sure. And it's, and it's kind of interesting, I suppose, it's a bit similar to you as well, where it's been really me working on my own mental health initially, and that was what initially sparked my interest, basically as a, as a kid, you know, dealing with things like depression and so on, and in my t- uh, 20s as well, and then starting to study more about uh, psychology and organizational psychology and later neuroscience as well, really looking at things that can help me. And over time, I found you know, a whole bunch of things that came together and that really changed my mindset and really gave me a much more positive outlook and the ability to take on a lot more stress more effectively and actually enjoy the challenge that comes with it. So really what I then started to do as well was, and what I realized was that the time that it took me to actually learn all those things just felt like it took me way too long. It it would have been great if these things were just you know available and together as something that I could more easily access. So that's really where the idea of the program came around as something that 
can be more accessible for people, you know, something that other people can benefit from to be able to see. Here's all the research from, you know, about two decades of research come together in really simplified ways. And you know, that's where driven as an artificial intelligence virtual coach comes in as almost the, the exact tool that I wish that I had as a teenager to just, you know, show me these things that I need really need to know and just make it a lot easier for me to, you know, potentially have learned those things in the past. So, well, I, you know, haven't been able to do time travel and all that yet and, you know, take it back to me. Uh, at least for other people, it's something that is now available and makes it much more easy to access all these ideas and all these, these exor- exercises that really build resilience. Absolutely, and you never know. You know, we 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 might get to inventing time travel in the way you the way you're going with all of these programs. You know, that might be in the next five or ten years. That's the next thing. Um, but no, <laughs> I I love all of you know what you're talking about there, and and the fact that you know it stemmed from personal experience. I think uh, it is such an important thing, and it's similar to my journey of how I fell into mental health and yeah. started building some of the programs that I yeah that I do. It's because personal experience will show you the gaps and you'll learn you have to learn through trial and error and then as you said i wish that i had met you you know 20 years ago when i was going through that and had these tools available to me because we Mm. we 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 don't know at that age and we don't have enough good quality preventative educational you know programs available you know we should be learning from a very young age about Mm. so many different areas and how we can better ourselves and be equipped for all of the difficulties life throws at us so yeah. it's just so important what you're doing and and you know make so much sense why we need it why we need these you know resources yeah no, and it's interesting what you say there as well because it's it feels like something that should really be part of the school curriculum it's just you know along with all the technical and the theoretical knowledge that you gain also just to gain more personal knowledge about you know the, your own psychology and your own mindset and it's it's almost like how do you operate this complicated machine in your head which is your brain like we, we kind of need an instruction manual for that and some some knowledge that comes along with it just to be able to make most of our to understand ourselves make the most of our lives and uh, and really have those key critical skills that essentially come together that you know creates resilience in us that just prepares us for everything that's going to happen because we're all going to face in you know, all kinds of difficult situations through life and we're not going to know what it's going to be so that's really where we need that foundational skill. So yeah, it'd, it'd be great if we can just have that, you know, included for everyone by default. Absolutely, and no, and it's one of the things I really, you know, believe in and want to, you know, think is so important long term. What you're talking about, early education, embedding this in schools and and those areas, and what what you said there is such an important point where it's kind of crazy because we're mm. taught in life about what process to follow and what structures and what manual like i love the word how you use that word manual in we're taught that in our careers but mm. we're not taught in in you know which i i believe is the most important area of life in yeah. our uh emotional well-being our health our relationships our communication how we conduct us we're not taught that so we're, mm. we're literally sort of you know we go through school we go to university and we got to learn through trial and error as both of us have and yeah. you know through great struggle it's crazy that you know we could prevent so many issues if we did have that manual available i i, I just find it continually yeah. gobsmacking that it's you know not not more of a thing exactly and it's and it seems like such a natural thing like you know whenever you need to learn some new piece of software or something you need to use at work or you need to you know learn how to drive a car then there's instructions and there's things that come with it and there's you get some training for it and 
really the the brain is the most complex machine that you'll ever own and why you know don't don't we just get a training manual for that that's really what we need and uh, it and like you were saying it can have such a massive impact on relationships and everything else in life so so yes and that's, that's essentially where you know the the PR6 and those uh, those tools that we've created comes in as to something that then gives us that that overview and that that manual essentially about you know how do i use my brain yeah, well, you know, talking about the PR6, it's one of the mm-hmm. one of the many questions I want to ask you. Can you tell me more about the PR6 model, how it works, what yeah. it involves, and you know how people can can access it? Yeah, cool. So the the PR6 is the predictive six factor resilience model. So that is one that we published research on. So that was one of my my first big research projects, which is really just about how do we understand what exactly is resilience. What are the those domains of resilience that enable us to to, to create you know all these different skills that uh, that help us to take on all the different challenges in life? So it's something that we've developed an assessment around, so it's people can actually understand themselves, and then also a bunch of different programs that can help to actually learn the skills about how do we actually you know practice what, what exercises do we do, what techniques do we do we implement in our minds to be able to build these six domains of resilience. So the domains themselves are vision, which is about your sense of meaning and purpose in life. There's composure, which is more about stress management, emotion awareness and regulation. There's reasoning, which is more the proactive side of resilience. A lot of people tend to think of resilience as being reactive, but it's also very proactive. This is where things like uh, resourcefulness and critical thinking and introspection comes into play. There's also health, which is you know sleep, nutrition, exercise, so actually looking after yourself physically. Then there's tenacity, which is more about you know staying persistent, maintaining motivation, overcoming mistakes, things like that. And then finally, but very importantly, there is collaboration, which is more about human connection, your support networks, communication skills, all those different types of uh, of you know, collaborative parts of life. Uh, so that resilience is not just about ourselves, but it's also about the connections that we have. So with the Driven app there, people can actually do the take the PR6 assessment themselves and be able to see, you know, what are my individual strengths and where can I, where do I have opportunities to to learn and grow? And then from that, the virtual coach then starts to to take you through a prioritized in a curriculum of activities uh, which is just like five minutes a day, so it's nice and easy to learn those. But thereby, just having something every day to start working on all these different areas of resilience in your life and just kind of create those neural pathways in the brain so that later on in life, when you need it, those skills are available and they're much more natural for you to use because you get to practice them through the app itself. So, uh, so yeah, that's and it's uh, basically a whole big model that we've created there used by a lot of organizations, universities, and psychologists, and so on, to understand more resilience in people and resilience in different contexts. So it's just been really interesting that since we've launched that, you know, just how widely it's been used and uh, and how it's, uh, it's been tens of thousands of people that's already used it and uh, wow. organizations and things like that. So it's been yeah really fantastic to just kind of see the interest in it. And uh, just in terms of uh, making it simple as well for people to be able to understand what is resilience and what do I need to do? 
Yeah, and and people access that through the app. You were saying, yeah, for everyone listening. Yeah, so the, the Driven the Resilience app. It. Yes, exactly. So yeah. and that's available on iOS and Android as well. So you can just look for the Driven Resilience app, and um, as you get into it, that's basically the first thing that it starts with, uh, and it's um, basically. 10 Australian dollars a month, uh, about seven or eight US a month. And that gives you the report and everything else it comes with it to get that, that really useful insight. So even just doing that initial part to understand where am I at now, that that is something that's really useful. Uh, something else actually that, um, and this is just because I really love data and all those kind of things that I, that I probably should point out as well that we saw recently was that most people tend to score around 70% or so of resilience. But even at that level, there's still some level of vulnerability. And that's because most people don't really have those skills practiced across the six domains. But if you work on the skills and you go up to about 85% plus, which is the high range of resilience, that's when people actually become protected from you know mental illness. That's when we see the the likelihood of depression and anxiety drops dramatically. And uh, because essentially in that, when you're in that high range, if you face some kind of challenge, it actually ends up having much less of an impact mentally because you're much more prepared and you have much more confidence in dealing with that situation. So that was just something really interesting that I saw recently when I was you know, mapping out all these charts and, uh, and seeing just what really protects people in terms of, you know, as you're practicing all those different resilient skills yeah and and that makes a lot of sense to me because it's mm -hmm. not you know it's not about uh doing one thing or you know there's no one size fits all it's about doing a number of different things and mm -hmm. and not just understanding it or not just doing it for a little bit of time but you know a big thing i talk about is you know creating habits rewiring your mind to to make that embedded into your routine yeah. so really making that part of uh which what you're talking about here making that part of your day-to-day -day life and doing that preventative work because then when things do become hard or you go through a difficult time you've got this automatic behavior to fall back on which that's when it really comes in handy so it's not mm. and i think it's an important point uh yeah it's not about um this just being used for people that are really struggling or suffering or i'm going to just go and yeah. revert to you know this this um program when i'm in going through a tough time it's a, it, it's really anyone everyone can improve their uh yeah. well-being by doing these different things because even if we're doing okay we can do better it's you know it's a, the the analogy of uh i you know want to um lose 10 kilograms uh i probably know what i could do i you know go to the gym go on mm. a diet do all this different stuff for a few months lose the weight if i stop doing that then it'll come back on you know it's a, it's an ongoing process and it's not about just doing what you need to do to get to a certain point it's a it's doing it for forever and always improving and learning and there's no end point it's just creating these ongoing habits yeah yeah and it's very very much like we were talking about before as well where it's it's very similar to to physical fitness so just like we were saying now too where it's it's about doing that kind of exercise on an ongoing basis and kind of the earlier you start with it the you know the the more you reduce your risk of heart attacks and all these type of things and more you get the the health benefits that come from just consistently looking after yourself on a physical level and with exercise as well of course it's more about you know getting a whole body workout so that you maintain that kind of whole body fitness as well so and that's essentially what the pr6 shows as well is how do you, you know, what do you need to do to be able to do a whole mind workout, like a whole brain workout? Like these are all the domains you need to, to exercise. 
And as you do that proactively and the more you do that over time, the more you've got this mental fitness that really protects you at a mental level, just as physical fitness protects you at a physical level. All the physical fitness also helps with the mental side too. And, uh, and of course, in many ways, the, the mental side, you know, helps you to kind of stick to exercise in the, in the first place and stick to, you know, healthy eating when, um, you might feel like, ah, I just want to, you know, take a while off. Then resilience is one of those things that keep you going. So they, they, they're very closely connected, but it's very much that idea, like what you were saying, that it's more about the preventative side, investing in these things now already so that you don't wait until something happens and then you say, oh, okay, now I, I need to look after my mental health. When really, if you start doing it early on, and and even when we start supporting this resilience in each other as well and have that community effect, then that is what really protects us in the long term. So that is really what we need to be much more mindful of. And what I think is probably one of the biggest things that need to change in society is that let's not wait until people are struggling before we care about their mental health. That's kind of the current approach to mental health. And I think that's what, one of the biggest reasons for why mental illness is becoming a bigger and bigger issue because we're not really doing things about you know, what the, the causes. We're not really you know, preventing. We're not really investing enough in that, that proactive space. So that's where resilience really comes in and says, like, here are the six domains that we all need to work on, the things that we really need to invest in on a proactive level. And just and really, as we do that, we start to enjoy life more. We, we become more confident in ourselves and taking on you know, whatever challenges come our way. So there's all these benefits to it. We just actually need to invest in it. And that's really kind of one of the biggest messages that we want to give out there is that, hey, let's all start to work on this now. Let's not wait. Absolutely. And I think it, 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 it's just such an important point. And, you know, when we look at this spectrum, it, it's so complicated. There's so many different areas to it. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, you know, it's important to have reactive services. And if you're struggling, you need to know where to go. You mm-hmm. need to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist or you know, you can go on, type into Google free mental health helpline and find yeah. help. And, you know, there's so many different things and we need to understand all of it. But as you're saying, I couldn't agree more that there simply is not enough uh, money uh, and not enough money put into preventative um, resources. There's not enough good quality mm. preventative resources. There's not enough, uh, you know, thinking going behind that. And that is actually how we make a longer term change because it's mm. not just a, it's, you know we shouldn't be waiting for it to become that problem we should be integrating these behaviors yeah. into our day-to-day lives and it makes such a difference i mean giving just to give a really quick personal example from my own life even i i uh you know i've been on my own journey and i've developed these different things through trial and error and you know through learning that work for me and you know the big ones are uh, meditation i meditate every day i exercise is the biggest i, I grew up you know, competing in sport and uh, I find it profound how much I, I do it purely for my mind. It just helps so much. Um, gratitude journaling and then having um, supportive relationships around me. But I went through a period about five years ago where I had uh, two two different things just completely fall apart in my life. And I fell into this hole and it was stuff that I couldn't um, control myself. And I was panicking and I didn't know what to do. And there was nothing I could physically do about it. But I was able to get through it and actually cope quite well because I'd wake up every morning and think, okay, well, what can I control here? Well, you know what? I've got all these things that I do that make me feel good. I can go to the gym. I can meditate. I can see my friends. I can, you know, lean on these different people to support me. I can remind myself what I'm grateful for. 
And that was so empowering. And I've, I really, I think about that every day now because I know, again, it reminds me that even when things are going well, these things that you might not feel like you need in that period do help. And I, mm. you know, no matter what's happening in my life, I make sure that I do every day or almost every day, these things that can, you know, help me and make me feel good. And it's, I think it really, it reinforces, you know, that, that point about what you're doing and why it's so important that, that people do take that preventative action. Yeah, and that's really interesting. It's just making me think now as well, because it's one of the things you're just pointing at now is like understanding those things about your own habits that actually have an impact on you and that that helps you get through those times. For a lot of people, that they just don't have that kind of awareness. So it so life might be fine for a good while, and then suddenly something happens, and you kind of go off the tracks for a bit, and you don't know. How do you get back on the track? How do you get back to a, a positive mindset? Because you don't have that awareness of the things that really work for you and that actually give you a sense of meaning and give you a sense of, of happiness with, with life. And and, uh, and, it, and a lot of people just get stuck in that, that type of space for a long time, just trying to figure out like what's going on. And uh, and, uh, and, it, and it's really difficult. It can take, you know, it can take a lot to get through that. So having more of that kind of awareness ahead of time and investing it ahead of time, that, yeah, really makes a big difference so that when something happens, because there's always going to be something happens happening. So, well, just like what we saw with COVID as well, where nobody really expected that. And, you know, here we are a couple of years later and it's, and uh, and it's going to be a changed world and there's going to be other things that's going to happen along the way whether it's at a global level or if it's going to be at an individual level just something very personal that happens it there's always going to be stuff like that there's always going to be challenges and if you're more prepared for it if you understand ourselves better and we understand these skills better then we just have a lot more confidence to be able to get through it and we have those social connections and all those things that we have invested in ahead of time so that you know very similar to what you're saying just having that network as well of people that can support you because you you knew how important it would be one day and uh, and also just because it's fun to have friends and you know people that that really support you as well it, exactly i mean it just you know, forgetting everything else it feels good to have uh yeah. quality relationships and and i think that's another that's a whole other topic though you know that gets highly confused now with you know actual what what is you know a a meaningful relationship and a real connection compared to I've got you know a million followers on yes. social media or I'm, I'm you know talking to on all these different digital platforms connecting with all these people yeah you know I know all these people I'm so popular I feel great but that's not the same thing as mm. having uh, a, a, you know one authentic relationship and I, I always say you know it's more meaningful to um, go and actually connect and have a real conversation with a stranger than to you know be paid platitudes by having you know a hundred different so-called friends around you you know so it's like it's it's another yeah. that's a whole nother conversation but something to be aware of you know we need to we need to remind ourselves of that there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, and especially, and it's, it's, it's an important point there where 
it can seem like you know i've got a lot of connections and all that on different platforms and kind of friends ish type of people but i suppose one of the biggest measures are like do you get to share the more vulnerable things about yourself with those people like do you get to actually be yourself and talk about the things that that's really going on or is it more a case of you've kind of got this this persona that you've that you put on and even when you're talking to this friend you still have that persona that you're a little bit you know hiding behind which i think for a lot of people is what it becomes like these days especially with social media where there is this this type of uh, of facade that we put up and we want to try and portray that sense that yeah things are going well and you know how about you let's talk about all the fun things in life but we don't really talk about the things that might actually be bothering us so that's more i think you know exactly like what you're talking about where it's having those people in your life even if it's just one or two people that you can just really talk about what's actually going on and have that really authentic connection so yeah incredibly important incredibly important yeah exactly like you said even if it's only one person mm. i you know i always say you know, I've got three people that I had from the beginning of my mental health journey when I first was getting through it. I had at the time my mum, my psychologist and uh, my best friend supporting me. Yeah. And it was profound how much it helped. And to this day, I've got, you know, those people that 24-7 you can talk to, you can rely on, they can rely on you, they know you inside out. It might be a 30-second phone call to just, if you're having mm. a meltdown saying, hey, you know, I'm and and straight straight away they can diffuse it because they're like, hang yeah. on I know I know I know you Nick and I know I know all these triggers and I know what you're going through no this is, it's okay and sometimes that's all you need to hear but mm. knowing that you've got that there it gives you that backbone that you sort of feel like um, yeah. and I feel that in New York you know I'm, I'm I don't have that many um, you know close relationships and people here that I trust but because I've got these people on the other side of the world that. I know I can rely and you still feel it and you feel like mm. you can, you know, no matter what happens or how bad things um, could get, you can still cope. And it, it's a really, uh, it, it, it's profound how much of a difference it makes. Yeah, no, it's so true. And that's why that uh, collaboration side of resilience is so important because, you know, we are just inherently social social creatures, like even, even you know, introverts as well. It's not about being introverts and extroverts, like even an introvert still has that deeply wired need in the brain to have some of those authentic connections. And it's one of the things that um, I saw in the research quite a while back as well is that in, I think back in, you know, before 2000, most people had at least, you know, one or two close personal connections that they actually would talk about the, the really deep, you know, and more personal things to. And more recently, that's shifted to most people have zero people that they can actually talk to and share those deep things to because it's become i feel a bit more superficial in terms of the connections overall especially with social media that's Mm. yeah it's alarming to hear and and, Mm. you know i i guess i can forget that stuff even though i work in this in this area because i'm just so so used to now connecting and having that it's just it yeah. is the most important thing in the whole world to me i just feel like if i can't connect it's like well you go crazy but yeah it's really alarming what you're saying there it just reiterates how important it is that yeah. we keep that conversation going and we educate people about this kind of stuff and you know because it's uh, that's what that it's not it's not the shiny things that are 
you know, going to make you feel good. It's a really deep, authentic things and mm. the things that are available to everyone, which is the, the, the good part about it. You know, yeah. the things that really are going to help us are available everywhere. So anyway, that's probably a topic we could do a whole podcast on. <laughs> I don't want to detract too much from what we're talking about here, well, but um, it's, it's still, it's still yeah. essentially relevant because it's, it's basically where, yeah, yeah. Uh, where resilience first aid comes in, which is essentially the, this new program that we've created, which is really yeah. about exactly this, which is teaching us as individuals, how can we support our friends? How can we be that, that person that, uh, that is there for someone else and that talks more proactively about these things that actually matter in life? And uh, and it's something that uh, we saw with uh, with Adele recently, you know, uh, launching her new album. And on Instagram, she posted about this that she was going through a really difficult period in her life over the last while. And what really helped her were the friends that were there to to pull her out of those those kind of dark moments that she had in herself, and to say like, hey, let's get out of here, let's let's go do something, and just be there for her and be that those people that that can there be there with that authentic connection and just help in that moment so that's essentially what resilience first aid is about is teaching people like how can you be that friend that adele had and be that friend to to people around you or whether it's your colleagues or your staff at work so essentially what it does is it teaches language that we can use you know what are the actual phrases and things that we can practice and that we that we can think about in terms of like how can i have a conversation about this how can i notice the highs and lows of resilience so that i can recognize when someone is you know struggling with composure or with collaboration or reasoning and also recognize the strength in people as well so when someone is really good in vision or someone's really good at tenacity being able to recognize those skills in each other and actually be able to give you know each other more uh, more interesting compliments and highlight our strengths so that we because uh, that's the kind of things that people often remember is that oh yeah no, my, my friend said that you know I'm really good at persistence and and it, it highlights to people that actually yeah that is something that I'm really good at and it's something that people then remember like years and years down the track and it actually becomes more uh, more consciously a strength for them that they can rely on and that's that's part of the stuff that we want to teach people is how do you just have those conversations in everyday language and in everyday situations how can we be the one that supports resilience in others and also as we support resilience in others we also learn more about resilience ourselves so that's that's essentially the concept of res- of resilience first aid which is really Exactly as we were talking before, it's being much more preventative, much more proactive about mental health. Let's not wait until our friends and our staff and so on are struggling. Let's do something now. Let's start to make it practical. Let's start to have these conversations that actually just build authentic relationships. So that's really what it comes down to. How do we do that? How do we learn again how to build these really important relationships and, uh, and just make it really practical? absolutely and it's such an important thing and it's um and it's something that we need to have that guideline of how to change because often Mm. in cultures and in 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 the workplace uh especially you know these cultures you know when i've been in there you know you see these it's a it's like a microcosm of um of society because Mm. you've got these cultures that are so embedded and it's like how do we change this and you can go in there and say some really good things and people like it and they get excited but then it's like well what are you living with how do you change it and i think that's why it's so great 
what you're doing with these these programs it's giving a guideline for that uh and that's what one of the questions i wanted uh to ask you you know how how can we build a resilient work workforce and what are some of the issues you see in in the workplace with uh when it comes to resilience and you know these things i mean you've talked yeah. about it a little bit but maybe going into a little bit yeah, more detail yeah. on that yeah yeah so probably what, well, one of the big uh, thematic issues we've already talked a little bit about is how it tends to be very much about the reactive side so a lot of organizations have you know emergency or employee assistance programs and other types of reactive solutions for when people are really struggling, but don't have as much of an effective proactive response to be able to build resilience and build mental health in a more proactive way. So that's where often it starts with just being able to get that initial insight to see where are we at, what's happening in the organization at the moment. So that's where the PR6 as an assessment is something that's really useful. Being able to do that you know, for teams and for the organization, being able to see, okay, this, these teams are doing well, these teams are struggling, what are they struggling in or what are these others doing well from? Let's learn from those and let's prioritize how can we assist these individuals over here. But one of the big challenges with organizations is that resilience is really like an equation. It's There's the individual effort, but there's also the organizational effort. Because if it's all placed on the individual to be more resilient so that more stress can be put on them, then that's not going to work. Because then then people, you're more likely to build resentment than resilience. So that's where the organizational side is really important. So how, how does the leadership and management and so on invest in creating a culture and creating an environment that supports resilience in the staff themselves so that is especially where something like resilience first aid is useful where as a manager being able to learn how can i support my staff how can i create a good environment how can i change the language that i use so that in the things that i say actually build good connections with my staff it supports them it creates a more uplifting environment and thereby they the staff can see that you know we're investing in them, you know, I'm investing in myself, I'm putting time into creating a healthy environment, and then the staff tend to be a lot more inspired themselves as well to see that, okay, it's not just about me being stronger to deal with more stress, but it's actually we are all working together here to create a culture of resilience. So that's one of the biggest things that that we we work with organizations on is how can we kind of balance that equation with the effort that's being put in to create that real, you know, deeper culture of resilience where uh, where people actually feel supported. So, uh, and of course, one of the big things as well is creating that peer support network as well, like embedding champions into the environment where uh, it's something that we're seeing more recently as well, where people are more interested in, in how can I as an individual support resilience in each other? And that's also where things like Resilience First Aid comes in and uh, giving people more physical tools as well and things that they can use. And that's where we've got the uh, Resilience First Aid kits, which are nice, fun little tools that uh, that people can have, like fridge magnets and things like that's that right. with all these different skills on them about resilience that you can build out and have all these different uh, things available that just, just kind of bring out the, the really mental stuff and bring it into the physical world and create these conversation pieces and things like that. So just make it a bit more fun, a bit more interactive and engaging. And, uh, and that's, of course, a big word 
how do we maintain engagement over time? And that's really where all of these things come together. So, yeah, all kinds of different things, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, but I, I love that. And and like you're saying, I think it's a really important point with the workplace. It's mm. not about just the employees, not just about the managers. It's about everyone yeah. making that step forward, having the tools available. And I think, again, you know, looking at that as a microcosm for life, it's not about just one part of society doing these things. It's how do we get to a point where mm. every individual can actually make that decision themselves and say, hey, you know what? I want to improve myself. I want to mm. be a leader in the community and inspire other people to do the same thing and educate them. And if we can all have that uh, mindset, that's actually how a yeah. huge change gets made. And, you know, I love it that your program is promoting that and, you know, helping to facilitate that that happening uh, because that that's, your, you know, how you make those those big changes. So I think it's mm. you know, really important and so many of the things you talked about with that are just such great points. Um, and just for everyone yeah. listening, and at the end, you know, we'll, we'll have a chance to sort of direct everyone where they can go. But for the um, Resilience First Aid, where, just, yeah, where, where can people go listening now if they want to look more into it, if they wanted to um, interact with it? You know, where, where, where can we send them? Yeah, on? cool. So Resilience First Aid is a two-day certification course. Uh, you can find it on resiliencefirstaid.com. And there we've got options for blended training. So it's like virtual, uh, like live workshops where people can join in from all over the world and also online versions where if you want to do it you know, completely self-paced, then that's an option as well. So yeah, resiliencefirstaid.com, nice and easy to find it. And, uh, and especially for organizations, it's something we want to do more work there just to be able to embed these people and, it, and skill up managers and so on to just be able to invest more in people and to create more of that you know environment and culture of resilience so so yeah it's a nice fun course with all kinds of resources and things that come with it and uh, that means it yeah, just becomes more of a tangible thing as well which uh, i think you mentioned before it just makes it a bit more uh, interesting to talk about all these things and make it easier to talk about it as well just because all of these things uh, and i suppose it's what you found as well it's more it's it's actually fun to talk about these things. It's not about like mental illness where we talk about it and it's it's kind of hard to have those conversations. Where are these things when we talk about resilience? It's learning about its other's motivations and goals and what are we doing with our you know our gym routines and all that lately and you know how are we maintaining our motivation and all these different things that are much more proactive and much more interesting and we just really get to learn about each other and uh, and thereby actually building that sense of protection in our minds in the process exactly you know mm. and, and that's the thing and i think you know we we spoke a little bit about it earlier where when it um comes to this area it's not just about you know this isn't something that's meant to be this you know um deep dark thing that you only explore mm. when you're in in you know your lowest depth it's not something yeah. that should be seen as you know a chore to explore it's something which again i love with your resilience first aid how you have a lot of tangible things that come with it uh, because it's an area where it can be intangible and people that haven't explored it before Mm. can be like well where do i begin and i can't you know the physical side we can see you know you want to lose weight you want to go to the gym you go and pick up a, a weight you can see the results the results are more inside you know and and how you feel mm. so when when you're sort of new to it it's hard to understand but i, yeah. I like it that you've made it 
you've made it tangible and uh, it, it's for everyone. And it's the kind of thing that it, it, it's not, you know, it shouldn't be seen as something we're scared of doing. It's something that's fun. And once you start doing it, it feels good. You can relate to other people with it. You can share, you can motivate each other, you can support each other. And, yeah. and once you get into that, you, you don't stop, you know, you want to keep going. Yeah, and, and it's so true. And I think it's, it's exactly those skills that we learn to build authentic connections. And as we build it and as we support others, and that's one of the things we see in the, the research as well about having that sense of well-being. You know, when It's actually when we help other people that we really get a sense of well-being ourselves. We, you know, we get that feeling that, oh, yeah, that, that actually feels really good just to do something for someone else. And at the same time, we're building that, those strong connections that you know, we might you know, use ourselves at some point you know, when something happens in our lives. And, and it's just, you know, building that, that really strong and supportive network where just life just kind of feels good because it's one of, those, one of those things when you've got people who are interested in you and what you're doing and you're interested in them, then it's just kind of fun, right? That's, that's what life is about, really, isn't it? Exactly. It's meant to be fun. You know, it mm. should be enjoyable and connected and doesn't have to be... I think life can be incredibly complicated mm. but it can also be simple yeah. and it's again up to us to decide uh which one we want to go with because if we let the outside world yeah. affect us it'll become complicated to the point of losing your mind and just you know you because we've got 24 7 stimulation there's yeah. endless you know streams to look at we can compare ourselves to other people we can it doesn't end but if you want you can make your life very simple and yeah. just strip back to the basics and you know it's having those boundaries and understanding in yourself hang on what are the things that i'm going to allow in and what mm. am i not and we only again get to that point by having the self-awareness to start looking at what is it that's important for me and then having the conviction to put that into practice which i think yeah what you're doing teaches people a guide to to get to that point yeah no exactly right because that's, that's essentially what we talk about in the domain of vision where it's getting that clarity in your own mind like what is really important to me what really matters to me and thereby having that ability to to essentially simplify life a lot because then you really get to see because you have that measuring stick about is this thing important? Is this important? And you start to realize, actually, a whole bunch of these other things that I'm thinking about doesn't really matter that much. I don't actually need to worry about that. And instead, instead, I need to worry about and think about these other things that really matter to me, and whether that's you know connections with people, which is usually what it comes back to, that you then start to prioritize in life and you start to become much more able to say no to a whole bunch of things. So you just start to clear out like all this clutter out of your mind and life just becomes simpler. It becomes easier to enjoy life. And, uh, and, and I think that's, that's just something that so many of us can use these days just because of how many things there are that's constantly competing for our attention. It's like, oh, you need to think about this and you need to, and this is important, you need to do this. And you can just say, no, no, no. I'm good. I've got these things that really matter to me. And and you actually feel good about that. And you feel confident in the choices that you make around that as well. So, so yeah, it's such an important thing. And that's essentially the, the kind of things that we get to learn about when we learn about resilience. And you start to do that more at a proactive level. So you don't. it's not a case of just waiting until something big happens. And then you have these moments of realization. But it's rather, let's bring those moments of realization of the future, bring it into the present, and you start 
kind of simplifying and, and improving life now already. That's, I think, really what we all need to do. Exactly. Mm. We all we all need to do it, no matter you know mm. who you are, no matter what position you're in. Uh, and I was yeah. saying to you earlier when we were chatting on Clubhouse, um, I'm in New York at the moment and I meet so many people that are making huge amounts of money, uh, but their whole motivation mm. in life has been, I need to get to this point and they're not they're not putting any uh, effort into their own personal development and yeah. sort of grinding to get to this point and on this ladder and then you get there and you need more and you just see how they're addicted to getting you know <laughs> on that feedback loop and it's like hang on well what what is the and I looked at it, I was like well what what's it why do you even need mm. that much money like I and I had this moment recently I was in Vancouver and I was uh, it's one of my favorite places in the world and it's just yeah. so beautiful and amazing you know mountains and scenery mm. and i was just on my own having a coffee just staring at a mountain and i just had this thought in my head because i you know i get trapped often putting that pressure on myself you know i'm competitive by nature i guess and mm. thinking i need to do more and achieve more and what's next <laughs> and i was like staring at this man and i was thinking hang on even mm. if i became a billionaire yeah yeah even if i became a billionaire i'm gonna get probably more enjoyment just standing here and looking at this bloody mountain than everything else that it brings and it just reminded me all you know life mm. doesn't have to be so complicated it's uh, all this stuff's available to us now and we don't we don't need as much as we think exactly and, it, and so, i think yeah, it's, anyway. it's one of the challenges is that most of us only really realize that once something really terrible has happened and then we think like oh my god like i wish i spent my time differently i wish i did this rather than that yeah. so and that's really what we're what we're trying to do with the, the the training as well. It's like let's bring those, bring that that moment here, and let's start to think about it now, so you can start to prioritize now and make these, uh, and have that realization that you know looking at a mountain is actually a lot more fun, and I and I don't actually need a whole lot of money to be able to do that because mountain is just there anyway, and, uh, <laughs> and I think it's where a lot of, a lot of us realize we need a lot less than what we think we do or what social media or society or whatever tries to convince us that we need and uh, and yeah the, the sooner we realize that and the more and the sooner we can start to to act according to that the the happier i think we all would be absolutely no really yeah it's um something we all need to yeah. to think about so uh we just before i move on to the final part mm. of this um what what are some things that you yourself do daily uh, that help you that everyone listening could could you know take into account? Yeah, so daily it's it's very much about the, the physical side, uh, like looking after my physical health. So so I do meal prep on Saturdays where I've got the full week of food ready to go. So I, I eat in you know, a fairly similar times. I think it's one of the one of the jokes in the office as well that people can kind of you know time the day by when I'm having which meal because I have about five of them during the day as well. <laughs> and uh, don't need a clock in your office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like oh, it's twelve o'clock. Yeah, because you're already going out for lunch. So, <laughs> so and, uh, things like that. So I, I get up at a very similar time, go to bed at a very similar time each day, and and uh, in the gym four days a week as well. Having that kind of routine that essentially gives me the, the the physical stamina i suppose along with the, the supports the mental stamina as well to be able to work and uh, at a very high level very consistently is something that really helps me the main mental thing that i generally use which is uh, to to be fairly clear on what i want to accomplish 
and thereby everything that happens during the day to be able to look at is this getting me to the thing that really matters that gives me a sense of meaning in life which is really uh, to to make a big difference and to 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 really help people so that's that's always kind of the measure for me it's like these things that are happening now you know, things are not going well or this is happening or this thing is now suddenly popped up what do i need to actually worry about here and what do i what action do i need to take to be able to move me closer towards that goal so yeah. yeah, so that's that's kind of the, the the main routines for me, I suppose. Even though the, the the mental side is not necessarily routine, but it's more of an action that I perform. You know, depending on what happens, because mm. every day is different. Uh, it's always you know, startup life. It's always kind of crazy things that happen from one day to the next. So you don't really know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anything could happen, but and and I think it's about not being you know having things that you do that are good for you, but mm. not being so rigid as well, and being able to be a bit fluid with it and knowing what you need to do at a certain point and just mm. having that awareness and, you know, that mindfulness of checking in and making sure am yeah. I doing too much of this, not enough of that. It's all a fluid process, but it's part of having that self-awareness yeah. about what you're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. Really important. fun. But, yeah, it's and it's a thing for we all need to find what really works for us as individuals and gives us the chance for sustainability, like personal sustainability, that whatever you want to accomplish in life, is the path that you're taking towards that sustainable? Can you do that in the longer term? Because that's you know it's something a lot of people struggle with these days, which is just you know, actually burnout and overwhelm from uh, so many things going on and just working at a pace that is not something that they can sustain over time. So big things that we need to learn about ourselves. Yeah, and and you know going back to the workplace, it's mm. something. It's one of the biggest issues, and it's why you know and and you see that people can get results in the short term and push themselves and you know yeah. it's not sustainable and it's again why in the workplace we need to look at these things because yeah. even if you can get the results in the short term you're going to burn out and it's going to you're not going to be able to sustain it so yeah it's going to be exactly. better for not only your well-being but your actual productivity and your performance and the end outcome as well yeah exactly so I'll finish. I've got I've got these closing questions, and then I'll just go back to ask you um, where we can yeah. send everyone listening, and how they can you know just reiterating how they can learn more about you. But I finish every interview with these five closing questions. Uh-huh. These, <laughs> so nothing too crazy. I'm not sure. going to um, catch you too far off guard. But uh, these can be sort of short, you know, one line or whatever, whatever it comes to mind. But um, the first one is, what's your best childhood memory that comes to mind? Hmm. I'm. I would say it would be probably when I was about thirteen, fourteen, around there, pretending to be a chemical engineer and building little model rockets and things like that with my friends, and um, and just you know firing them off and trying to figure out things that work and working on nozzles and all these kind of things. So, uh, all, all you know, very nerdy kind of stuff. But uh, but yeah, just lots of fun and lots of experimentation. And it was also is one of those things of you know actually going outside and doing things like remember those days when we actually used to go outside yeah oh <laughs> my <good>. god exactly <laughs> I, I feel so so I, it's crazy i like i remember growing up and you're you know climbing trees and kicking a football in the park and you know you're not sitting there we, we didn't have video games in our house and i'm just i'm so grateful you know just missed this whole period of yeah. Uh, so it is. It's, it seems like a different world. It is a different world, but yeah. Yeah. Now it's the screens. <laughs> <laughs> now it's all about the screens. <laughs> <laughs> what's the 
which are enabling us to do this interview yes. right now. But it's uh, <laughs> good things. There are good things. <laughs> there are good things and a lot of bad but things. Yes. Anyway, again, that's a whole nother podcast interview. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's round two. Uh, what, what do you feel like is the biggest burden on mental health currently in society? Yeah, I th- I think it's a number of different things because there are the there are the big factors you know kind of COVID aside almost, but um, the, the the big drivers of you know global uncertainty you know whether it's climate change and uh, and geopolitical movements and things like that where it's it just makes so many more people worried these days about like what kind of world are we heading into and especially for younger generations who are looking at like what's the next you know 60 80 years of my life going to look like you know is the world even going to be a good place to live in so i think that's one of the big things that to start that's weighing on people and it's also one of the big reasons why we essentially need that kind of goal-directed resilience together as a society to, to take on these big challenges. There are all the personal challenges that we need resilience for, and there's the community and societal resilience that we need to be able to take on these really big global challenges as well. So there's there's that, but then there's also a lot of challenges with social media that's very divisive, um, amplifying the division you know, between views uh, because it's more, you know, it's, it's more click-based and... The things that gets clicked, that gets clicks, are the things that tend to be, you know, more inflammatory and uh, and you know, creates a whole bunch of challenges all by itself. And then there's all the image-related stuff, you know, with social media as well. That's that's a big challenge. And then on the other hand, it's I think even in no, I think we we tend to romanticize like the 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 old days, like the 50s and so on, were like, oh, you know, we used to be better at communicating. But I think even then, it was we were never really that good at talking about mental health. So I think it's one of the things that we have never really been that good at talking about mental health. So, it's, so I think that's one of the big challenges that we have is we're now starting to learn more about it. And how do we, as a society, start to you know, build more resilience and be more proactive about that? So it's probably just one of those inherent human conditions that's been there for a long time that we're just now starting to figure out like what do we actually do <laughs> exactly yeah it, 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 i think it's, all, it's always been there but it's mm-hmm. something we need to to talk more about and do you see things uh improving over the next decade i think so and i think that's one of the big things that we can do in the next 10 years especially with working on resilience and being more being more proactive and getting these things out there to start to to, uh, especially for organizations, I think is where they have one of the biggest uh, leverages, you know, kind of levers that they can pull in terms of let's do something for larger organizations and get that out into populations much more, uh, much faster because it benefits the organization, but it also benefits the larger communities as well. So I think we have a chance to to really improve things in the next ten years. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. So two two more questions here. Yeah. Uh, what is your personal definition of happiness? Um, a general sense of contentment. <laughs> but happiness, there I think, is one of those things that's not as important. I think it's more about having a sense of meaning and purpose in life. And happiness, like if it comes around, great. But it's not the goal in itself, I would say. 
couldn't agree more and the reason i use happiness for that is because everyone looks at the goal is to be happy but Mm. we our definition of happiness is kind of wrong you know it should be about Mm. not because happiness otherwise it's about how do i just get you know things that are like a bit of a drug fix you know feel that high but it's more about how do i get that deep sense sense of purpose and meaning so even when things are going bad i've still got Mm. that sort of grounded feeling inside that's what happiness should be yeah so final question here uh what is I mean, you've probably done many. I know you have done many, actually. What's one of the most courageous things you've ever done? I, yeah, p- probably the the biggest one, I suppose, is quitting a nice, comfortable corporate job to to launch Driven and you know go into the whole startup world. Because I think, um, as uh, as they say, a startup is great. For when you're tired of working 40 year, forty hours a, a week for someone else and you instead want to work 80 hours for yourself for half the pay. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's generally what, it, what it's like. But um, just kind of all the uncertainty and all the things that, that come with that is a, is a whole big experience, I suppose. But, um, but that was one of the things that, that just became the reality for me is that the corporate world felt like you know, it was too easy and I wasn't really, you know, getting to do anything really meaningful and things that, that really help people and uh, and rather taking on that challenge of let's see if can I, you know, make a bit of a bigger difference in terms of launching these ideas and putting this stuff into uh, into new types of approaches that hadn't really been tried before and, yeah, just giving that a shot and see what happens and so far it's been great. Yeah. absolutely absolutely having that meaning behind what you're doing and doing something mm. that you you know you truly believe in it's it's amazing and i know you're making a huge difference through it and i feel you know very lucky to be able to have this conversation i've really enjoyed it and i know everyone listening is going to get so much out of it uh so just as a final thing and a reminder uh, and we'll put all of this in the show notes so there'll be links for everyone uh to find uh where to go to you know get your resources and learn more about driven but just to reinforce that where where can people go if they want to access resilience mm. first aid and, and the other the other tools that you have available yeah cool so resilience first aid is easy just go to resiliencefirstaid.com and there's all the workshops everything there and the driven resilience app can be found just on ios and on the android app stores so, so yeah that's all that's all there nice and easy to find and um, yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch and chat more about it, so I'm always available to, to talk more about this and keen to just talk about ideas to get this out into more organizations and for more people and you know, even schools and things that we're working with as well. So yeah, it'd be fantastic to, to get in touch and talk to some people and um, yeah, just get all these ideas out there, which is really what makes a difference. Absolutely. Well, well Yuri, thanks again for talking about all of this and sharing so much valuable information and again anyone listening you can go to the links in the uh in the show notes to find all of the information and yeah once again thank you cool fantastic credit chat thanks for having me this episode of move your mind was produced and edited by tim boozer thanks to yuri rossell for joining me today for move your mind Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.